All right, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. All right, so it's been a few weeks since we've been talking about our, uh, our study on, on gifts, and, um, and so we're going to be diving right into it. Those of you that tend to little, be a little bit of OCD and realize that the top of the study sheet says three, when it should say number one, number one, shame on you, number two, there is a reason for that. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So the reason why is if you think back, we went over the entire list of the gifts that the Bible talks about, and we spent some time talking about the fact that in the group of revealing gifts, there are two that are no longer in operation today, and that was the gift of apostleship and the gift of prophecy in the sense of foretelling future events supernaturally. Um, And the reason why we talked about that is because God uh, used the apostles as part of the foundation of the church, and according to Ephesians chapter 2, that foundation is set. There's no more need for the apostles. Uh, and then the same with the prophets. And that God has given us everything in his word that tells us all that we need to know about future events. And so there is no such thing as modern day prophets today outside of Bible teachers and preachers that are telling you what the Bible already says. And you can go back on the podcast in your shower and you can listen to that, Jack and others that might want to do that. Um, and, and you can listen to that, and we talked about that at length. And so we are starting off with number three, and we're going to be talking about word of wisdom, we're going to be talking about word of knowledge, and we're going to be talking about faith tonight, and really understanding what these things are. And the first two really go with verse 8 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what I wanted to kick it off with is that it says in verse 6, that there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So in speaking of spiritual gifts, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. <clears throat> so you have to understand something, and we spent some time talking about this, but it's worth mentioning again before we get into the details. Spiritual gifts are not for you. They're given to you, but they're not for you. They're given to you for you to serve other people. That's the purpose and that's the intent. And specifically is to build and edify the body of Christ. That's what it's for. So when you become born again, when you've trusted Jesus Christ as your savior and you've called upon him to save you and the spirit of God moves inside of you, God endows you with a gift. One of the ones we're gonna talk about. And that gift that he gives you is a supernatural gift only given by the spirit of God. And it is to profit with all, is to profit everyone else. Now, when I use my gift. I do have a sense of satisfaction because I'm fulfilling my purpose. So in that regard, there is that. But it's not for me. A lot of people today, when they think about spiritual gifts, they want to know what their spiritual gift is in order to satisfy something within their flesh or to make themselves appear spiritual in their flesh. And that's not the purpose. When you use your gift that you've been given by God, it is to profit the body of Christ to build up the body of Christ so that way everyone can be more effective in the work of God, evangelizing and discipleship. Outside of that, it doesn't make any sense because that's the way God has outlined spiritual gifts in the scriptures. So we're going to talk about word of wisdom. So 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, we just read that one, that it's the prophet with all, and then verse 8 is going to be our main verse, and then verse 9 is going to be the part on faith as well. And so he begins to talk about the different gifts that are then given. So for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit. 
And then we already talked about healing and how that's one of those things that are no longer in operation today because it was used within a specific context of apostolic signs and wonders as Leah was talking about, that the Jews required a sign. And so that was uh, among those sign gifts that were in operation at, at this point in time when this was written. Okay, so we're going to focus on these three, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and faith. And so as we go through this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think, okay, look at yourself in the mirror of God's word and just start asking yourself, do I have this gift? And just be honest about it. Because some of you say, you know what, that is not me at all. And there might be some of you that say, well, I think I might or I might not. And there's other views that would be like, yeah, I totally, I, I think I really do have this gift. And the way you can know that you have this gift is that when you, it's when you use it. And so for some of you, you're not using your gifts at all because you're not walking with God. Because in order to use the gift, you have to be in submission to the Spirit of God and walking with Him on a daily basis. If you are not walking with God, you can't use the gifts that He's given you because the gifts are given by Him to you. So if you're not walking with God... You're just pretending like you don't have this gift. It's just like a wrapped present that's still sitting under the tree and it's unopened because you refuse to open it. But when you decide to walk with God, then the Spirit gives you the ability to use that gift. Does that make sense? Okay, so we're going to talk about word of wisdom. And so I put a definition up at the top and then we're going to talk about what these things mean. All right, so word of wisdom. This is the supernatural ability to apply the right biblical knowledge or facts at the right time to the right situation to help the body of Christ or the church. It solves a problem. It points in the right direction. It answers a question. It diffuses a crisis, etc. So someone that has this gift, they know biblical knowledge and facts, and they're able to apply it to their own life and help other people apply it to their lives in any given situation. And so think about that one as we kind of work through it. All right, so in order to understand this, we got to break this down. we got to understand what is the biblical definition of wisdom. So go to Exodus 28, Exodus 28. So this is the first time that the word wisdom shows up in your Bible. And we follow the law of first mention, which is what? Anyone give me a quick definition of the law of first mention? Okay, no, good. The first time a word is mentioned in the Bible. Okay, finish it. <laughs> <laughs> the first time the, like, the word is mentioned in the Bible, it's usually like the definition, like the context clues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So within the context of the first time that a word is used, God will give you a definition of that word and even give you an example of what that word means. And that's how our dictionaries were actually came to be back in the day under Noah Webster. Um, he did that very same thing. So, you got something else? No, just, You're just props to Noah? To okay, all right. All right, even though you guys are not related, just got the same name. Okay, all right. So in Exodus 28, take a look at verse 3. So this, this deals with the, the making of the garments of the priest of the priests uh, under the Jewish law. And in Exodus 28, verse 3, it says, And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I, God speaking here, have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So God supernaturally gifted certain people within the nation of Israel in order to make something. So God gave him that gift to be able to do it. And he did this all over the place. When you read the book of Exodus and Leviticus, I mean, the things that God had to make were very intricate and only certain people had the ability to do it. And very specifically, it says that God gave certain people those abilities. So with this one, it is that wisdom, that God gave that spirit of wisdom. And you can kind of see this trailing through the rest of the scriptures. Go to Proverbs chapter two, because Proverbs is another great book that gives you a clear definition of what wisdom is. 
and you'll be able to see that there is a clear definition between, or a clear delineation, I should say, between wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. So in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee and understanding shall keep thee. So in this passage, it seems like he's interchanging wisdom knowledge and understanding all over the place. But it says very specifically about wisdom that God is the one that gives that wisdom. And that's very important for you to understand because there's a lot of things that are out there as far as knowledge and wisdom in the world, but God's wisdom is the most important thing to get. So when you take a look at these and you try to compare them, here's a good definition of all three. So knowledge, and this is simple, it is learned, it's your first blank, learned or known truth or facts. So getting knowledge about something, you just learn about it. You guys do this in school. Well, some of you did this in school. Um, you're supposed to do this in school, that when a teacher instructs you, you learn information. So it is more about learning information. You can read the Bible and you can get a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things, right? Okay, so that's knowledge. Wisdom is rightly applying. I don't know if it says rightly applying rightly, but applying rightly or rightly applying what is learned or known. So you can eliminate whichever rightly you want. So <laughs> rightly applying what is learned or known. Because you can know the information, but then how you actually apply it. And I'll give you a great, great example. Okay, so in my house, there's, I, I enjoy being able to do household type stuff when I can, but I don't have much experience when it comes to household you know, fixings and things like that. So I have to either learn it from somebody else because they show me, or I gain enough confidence to just go after it myself and I can learn from my own mistakes or whatnot. Well, in our basement with our furnace, I was looking at the exhaust pipe that goes from our furnace into our chimney. And I was looking at it and I'm like, hmm, there's a couple of holes that are rusting. I probably need to get that fixed soon, but I don't know. I'm not a HVAC guy, right? So I look at that and I'm like, that could be a problem. And then I look at the place where it goes into the chimney and the mortar is a little bit broken. And I'm like, okay, it's not like completely broken, but it's starting to look like it's, it's breaking. So I contact Dave Burns and I said, hey, send him a couple pictures. And I'm like, what do you think about this? He's like, yeah, you're probably going to have to replace that soon. Okay, I'm like, okay, is this something I can do myself or is this something I'm going to have to have someone come in and do? He's like, oh, it's an easy job. You can do it yourself. I'm like, all right, awesome. And then he gives me a couple YouTube videos, tells me what I need to get, a couple tools that, that would help me out in the project. And I'm like, all right, awesome. I go to Home Depot and I'm looking at the, the, uh, the sheet metal that they use to create the ductwork. And I'm like, crud. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm very insecure about it. So I had the, the knowledge about it. I know what to do. But as far as actually taking it and then doing something with it, wisdom, applying it rightly, I'm like, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. Until I actually do it myself or I watch someone else do it and I follow their pattern. This is what discipleship is all about. Gaining wisdom. Because you can learn a lot. We can have a class on evangelism. 
But until you actually go and witness or watch someone or go with someone to evangelize, you're going to be super insecure about how to do it. Or an opportunity to even invite someone to church might freak you out. So these are the things we're talking about. So that's knowledge. That's wisdom. Now, here's understanding. Understanding is seeing the bigger purpose behind knowledge and wisdom. It is the ability to grasp what's called the God factor. And this is something that's very, very important. So knowledge is that learned truth or facts. Wisdom is rightly applying those things. But understanding is seeing the big picture and understanding the big picture. And we talked about this a little bit when we were at winter camp because we looked at Psalm 73. Remember the guy that was struggling with people that were prosperous? Like, why do people that are evil, why do they prosper? Why do things seem to go well with them? Why do they have all these things? And he said, and I struggled with that until I went into the house of God and then I learned their end. And so with us, understanding is I might know this information. I might know what to do. But there are times where those things may not make sense spiritually. Like I know I'm supposed to read my Bible and I can force myself to do it and I can kind of get into routine. But the understanding is why are we reading your Bible? Like why should you read your Bible? That's the understanding. And oftentimes your understanding drives your entire perspective on the things that you do and how you do them. So if you don't have right understanding, you're not going to be able to do anything, anything. And so it's important to understand with this, and this is this next part here of how this actually works out. An uneducated, un- uneducated person may have plenty of wisdom, but lack knowledge. An educated person may have plenty of knowledge, but not have much wisdom. But anyone possessing knowledge or wisdom without God's spirit will have no true understanding. So it is the spirit of God that gives you the ability to see the big picture behind everything. And so that's important for you guys to understand the difference between them because we're going to be talking about word of wisdom and we're going to be talking about the word of knowledge. That if you don't have the spirit of God, you don't have proper understanding. And so with word of wisdom, it's that you know what's right and then you actually go and you help that work out. Some of you guys are really good at that. You know the right thing to do and you do it. Some of you guys know the right thing to do and you just don't know how to do it at all or to help somebody else do it at all. People that have the word of wisdom, they know what to do and they can help you see it through in your own life. They can help you apply it. Yeah. This is off topic, but in the podcast, did you record for Winter Camp? No, we did not. Oh. (laughs) You're right. That was completely off topic. Okay. When you said that, I was like, I could think of some... Write it down, Jackass, later. No. Say, Jack, ask later. (laughs) Get your heads out of the closet. All right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Rob recorded some of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so that's the difference between knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. But it's that ability to grasp that God factor because God gives you perspective on issues and things that you really like. You might have wisdom, but unless you get God's perspective on that, like great example, another great example, dating. The topic of dating. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Why are you in the in the dating pool again? Um, so, so, so anyway, but 
in that topic, you have the world and the world's knowledge and the world's wisdom on the topic of dating is completely different from God's perspective. So that's the whole point of trying to bring this out is that in order to have the proper word of knowledge or word of wisdom, like we're talking about tonight, you have to have God's understanding. And if you don't have God's understanding, then how do you know that the advice you're giving is worldly or biblical, right? So we're talking about the biblical side of things. Are you someone that sees things from God's perspective because you have his understanding and you're able to give wisdom in such a way that you help inspire people to obey? That's kind of the idea, all right? So that is the word of wisdom. So the word of wisdom uh, gift, letter B here, the word of wisdom gift, and the reason why the blank there is word is because it's the emphasis on verbal. It's the emphasis on the whole verbal thing. And we could look up these verses, but we just don't have time to look up these specific verses. But the whole concept of the word of wisdom is that you have this gift, but then you speak it. See, God says very specifically in 1 Peter chapter 4 that when he gives you a gift, especially if it's a gift that involves your mouth, part of you being obedient with that gift is that you actually use it. You use your mouth. So if you have the word of wisdom, then it's something that you need to be using your mouth with. Because you can understand things. You can see things from God's perspective. You can see how this could help this person. But if you never open your mouth... How is it going to benefit anybody? So you have to do that and be obedient in order to exercise this gift. Very important. So people with this gift, letter C, can become uh, overly relied upon and even idolized. They must learn to be humble and meek. Because imagine, if you didn't know how to handle a situation and you knew someone that did, what would you do? You would go to that person, hopefully, and then they would give you good counsel. But then you can start to say, you know what? I end up relying more on them than I would on God or the word of God. And people do this all the time, especially with pastors. And this is why some churches are a mess the way they are, is because you have the people that are relying too much on their pastors. And their pastors are flawed people. But you have all these people that are relying on a guy, their pastor, their leader, then there's a temptation there of that person to become arrogant and prideful. Because, oh, people are coming to me for wisdom. And then something unfolds and they're like, why didn't that person even come to me? And they can become arrogant and very prideful about it. So that's a temptation for people that have the word of wisdom gift. And so they have to be humble and they have to be meek in order to really be where God wants them to be. And so anyone without this gift can attain wisdom by just asking God for it. We already read that in Proverbs 2, that out of God's mouth comes knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. So go to God's word. God's word gives you everything that you need in order to get the wisdom you need for any given situation. And then in James uh, chapter one, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So here is a, a great thing for you guys to do is that if you're ever in a situation where you need wisdom, you need to stop yourself and you need to ask God first. We have a tendency to either just figure it out on our own or start asking people before asking God. You need to get God's perspective first. And if you have the word of wisdom gift, then this is something that is absolutely critical because you have to see things from God's perspective first. And so anytime that I'm giving people counsel um, and they might come to me with a situation or a circumstance or I might just interrupt their life and just tell them um, because that's part of my job too because some people just won't come to me so I have to go to them. I always want to major on what does the Bible say? I can have my opinions about this or that or the other, but I've noticed that I've given much better counsel when I've been able to open up the Bible and say, here, this is what it says, so this is what you need to do. 
And so that's also a very, very important thing to consider. So that is the word of wisdom. It's that ability to have that right biblical knowledge or facts at the right time in the right situation to help the whole body grow and to be edified. All right, so now let's talk about word of knowledge. So word of knowledge is a little bit different, but it's related. It's the supernatural ability to recall and present the right biblical knowledge or facts at the right time to the right situation to help the body of Christ. So people with this gift, letter A, typically have a great memory. So if you have, you know, on the onset of Alzheimer's, you probably don't have this gift. Dang it. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, people that have this gift, they typically have a great memory. They can often remember and recall things that are seen and heard at the right time and place in order to add spiritual application or discernment to a given situation. So there are times where, um, you know, maybe you're someone that doesn't really know, like, maybe behavior patterns in your life. Like, maybe there's certain things where, like you've done this and then you've messed that up and then you didn't really learn your lesson from this, but then you, you did this here and then you messed that up and then, and then you did it here. And then someone comes along and says, hey, you know, I noticed that you struggled with that before. You know, why not do this instead? And you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. That didn't even come to my mind. There are people that have the gift of the word of knowledge where it's just like all of a sudden they just remember, like out of nowhere, they just remember, yeah, I had this one conversation with this one person and this is where we went and this was the scripture that was about it. And that actually would apply in this situation. Like, where did that even come from? It's because the Spirit of God gave that person that memory and that event and those scriptures and, that, and those passages. And that happens all the time. You know, there are times even like, you know, I'll be, I'll be teaching sometimes up here. And all of a sudden as I'm teaching, there's like something will pop into my head about from my past. And I know that's God. I'm not saying I have this gift, but I know that while I'm doing this, he gives me that ability where... I didn't even think about that memory that I had when I was a kid or that circumstance that I just dealt with or that passage that I read three weeks ago and all of a sudden it now comes into my head because of what's going on. So there are people that have that ability that they just do that all the time. And so that is the word of knowledge. So letter B, we are called to add knowledge to our faith and the Holy Spirit helps all of us to recall truth at the right times. That's exactly what John 14, 26 says. It's one of your references there. But some of us have an extra dose of the supernatural gifting to be used to edify the body of Christ. So that's important. As you walk with God, and maybe this is something that you find in your life that you have the ability to do, that's something that's very important. It's very important to help other people in their walks with God. Uh, I'll show you one example. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 11 on this one. 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. So, David and Bathsheba. A little bit of a racy story. All right, so obviously David makes a wrong decision and has an affair with Bathsheba and ends up killing her husband. It's just insane. And yet he's called the man after God's own heart. And, uh, and so we can learn a lot about this event, but there's something that unfolds before he goes and commits this sin that I think many people have passed over before. So in 1 Samuel chapter 11... It says in verse 2, And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked up, or, or walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. So he lusted after her, and now he wants to have sex with her. And so then he sends and inquires, like, who is this woman? I want someone to go and find out who she is, uh, where she's from, and whatever. And then look at this. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? 
See, God just puts the guy in there, right in David's face, where David's like, who is that woman? I want her. I want someone to go and find out who she is. And all of a sudden, the guy's like, ah, uh, isn't that like Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah? And then now what does David have to do? Make a decision. Am I going to listen? That is Uriah's wife. He's one of my mighty men of valor. I would be sleeping with his wife. He's one of my most trusted men that I have. See how it makes this, the situation harder? It makes it more difficult for him to sin. There are people in your life where this has happened. You are going to go do something that is against God and you might be sinning against him and all of a sudden something unfolds or someone kind of interjects out of nowhere and said, ah, is that the right thing to do? Because there's no doubt the spirit of God is doing that to you before you choose to sin. But God will also send someone into your life supernaturally just to do it out of nowhere. He might burden someone's heart to just go and send that person a text. That's happened to me before. I, I've met with some guys, some students, that for whatever reason, I was burdened for this one person. And I sent them a text and said, hey, how are you doing? Haven't seen you in a while. And then the next, like, not even like hours after, something unfolds where, I mean, just completely like made wrong decisions, one of the biggest mistakes ever made in his entire life. Like that's happened before. It's kind of freaky. It's like God actually cares about us and wants to try to stop us in our tracks before we sin against him. So that is an example of that gift. Um, the, the other two examples there is that Jesus told the apostles not to worry about what they would say when he sent them out, that the spirit would bring to their mind what to say. Um, and then the other one that I really like too is in Job, Job chapter 34 to 37. You have Job's friends that gave a lot of knowledge, but not much wisdom. But then you have this guy, Elihu, who reproved them all before God when he, and he stepped in, before God stepped in to speak. So this guy, Elihu, he went in and he actually rebuked all of them. And he had the right thing to say at the right time for the right circumstance. So that was an important one just to kind of call out there as an example. Okay, so there are those who utter right knowledge, yet do not know anything. And those are the know-it-alls. Um, those with this gift can become prone to become information seekers. They're full of information with no empathy or application of that knowledge personally. So people with this gift, can, they can struggle with that because they might have the word of knowledge. They might know the right thing to do, but they can tend to maybe not have the right kind of empathy. They can't put themselves in someone else's situation and maybe even give grace at times in order to help that person. So they can struggle with that a little bit. And then because these people are great information gatherers, uh, because they have this word of knowledge gift. If no new information is presented in a sermon or a message, they may take the attitude, oh, I've heard this before. Oh, I know this already. Because they already know that information. And so they have to learn how to be humble and be teachable. You know, it doesn't matter how many times you may have heard a message. There's always something new to learn. You might have read through the Bible or a certain passage many, many times, but it doesn't matter. There's always something new to learn. So people that have the word of knowledge gift can struggle with that. They can become very apathetic um, because they just, oh, yep, I've heard that information before. And so that's another downside that people can struggle with. And this is just the last point just to think about before we get into faith. Any Christian who gets knowledge, wisdom, and understanding from God and then forsakes it, it is in a, they are in a much worse place than if they'd never had gotten it to begin with. So if God gives you knowledge, wisdom, and understanding about a circumstance or about a situation, and then you walk away from all of it, God says it's better that you just didn't know the truth to begin with. Because now you know better, and there's no excuse. 
So that would be the word of knowledge. And so that's kind of the difference. Word of wisdom is that you know the information and you apply it and you help other people apply it at the right place in the right time. Uh, the word of knowledge is that you have the ability to recall certain things, certain passages, certain events at the right place at the right time in order to help a circumstance. So they're very closely related, but a little bit different. All right, so this last one, faith. So faith. So faith would be the supernatural ability to believe what God says over how one naturally sees, thinks, or feels, or over how the world sees, thinks, and feels. So, and there might be someone that already popped in your head with this one, that they already know what God has said and they just believe it. They just, they believe God. They believe God and his word over how they feel. They might be struggling on any given day, but they're like, you know what, but man, God is just teaching me so much through this. And, and it seems like maybe sometimes they don't struggle as much, which is not true because they do but they have an inordinate amount of faith. Like no matter how difficult the circumstance might be, they're like, I don't understand it. I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but I trust God. I trust him and I have a peace that I can't explain. And so there are certain people that have that gifting more than others. And so Hebrews um, 11 is a great one, but let's take a look at Deuteronomy 32 because Deuteronomy 32, uh, I think more accurately depicts our day and age a little bit more. So Deuteronomy 32. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy, chapter 32. I see what you did there. You did? Yeah. I've only done that a few times. <laughs> Deuteronomy, verse 30, chapter 32, verse uh, 15. Okay. So, Jeshurun, that is another name for the nation of Israel. So talking about um, that Israel, if they would obey, God would bless them. But if they end up going the wrong way, that they're going to have uh, cursing in their life. So, but Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. It's a sign of rebellion. Thou art waxed and fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock, that's God there, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And then here, look at verse 20. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward or evil or corrupt generation, children in whom is no faith. So the reason why Israel fell short and they became unfaithful, and that's kind of where it comes from, is they didn't have faith. People might get into a situation or they might be tempted or they might have a difficulty and they just end up flapping over and just giving up easy. People that have the gift of faith, man, something hits and it makes them stronger. Something hits that's just very, very difficult and without explaining it, they don't have to have all the answers, but they believe God. They just know that he is going to lead them through that circumstance and they may not even be able to articulate it very well. But their faith is not shaken. In fact, it's made stronger because they have to depend on God more. And there are some people that just have that ability. It doesn't make them more spiritual. What it does, and we're going to see this in a minute, is it actually helps the rest of the body of Christ. So let's keep going in our notes here. So every Christian salvation begins with faith in what the Bible says. 
And we are told to walk with the Lord in like faith every day. So Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can't get saved without understanding the truth of scripture. And so once you understand that, salvation comes from that kind of faith, knowing that you are a sinner that needs a savior and you trust in the Lord for salvation. But then those of you that were in junior high, Colossians 2, 6, and 7, who's got that one memorized? Anybody? You got it? You want to say it? Okay, go ahead. Awesome. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So when you get saved, it requires great faith. I believe I'm not good enough to make it. I need God to save me. And then after that, it's like, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm done now. No, no. You need to have that same kind of faith every single day in order to walk with him. You don't need it to get saved again because once you're saved, you're always saved. The Bible's clear, eternal security. Christ, when you are saved, you are born again. You can't be unborn and then reborn again. That doesn't work like that. You are saved and you can be secure in your salvation. However, to walk with God on a, walk with God on a daily basis, you have to exercise the same amount of faith. You have to. Because if you don't understand and you don't believe that you need God when you go to school, that you don't need God when you have people that are ridiculing you and trying to pressure you into making decisions or to talking bad about other people, if you don't believe God in those circumstances, then what decisions are you going to make? The wrong one. But when you believe God and you have the same faith that you had to get saved, you will walk with God every day. You will go to his word because you know you need it. You will talk to him because you know you need it. And that without this and without this, there's no way that you could survive spiritually. And so this is important. And there are some people, and this is why even with this, it seems like they're more spiritual. No, some people just have this gift. They just have this gift. And so let her be those strong in faith or have this gift see or do things by faith that others won't or don't see or do. And as a result, I love this next point. Though every Christian possesses some faith, there are some in God's church who are supernaturally enabled to see, see God's way by faith more than others or at times when others will not or cannot. And then here's the point. Why? Why are these people that seem more spiritual, and I sometimes may even get jealous of, why, why is it that they have this, and it seems like they can walk with God just so easily? When they communicate that faith confidently, they edify and inspire the body of Christ. See, this is why God has gifted certain people with this gift. So, and I know this is happening here among you guys. And it may happen among you. It may happen with you looking at us leaders at times. But when you see someone going through great, great, like just stress or persecution or difficulty or whatever, like even, um, um, uh, oh, come on, Josie Blake. Okay. So that's another one. Now, I don't know if she has this gift or not, but I certainly know this. When she got cancer, it changed everything. And when she shares her story, about her faith in God and how she has become stronger in her faith despite the odds, what does it do inside of you? It inspires you. It makes you like, I want to walk with God like that. And that's what we're talking about. Certain people have this gift because in the midst of the body, people look at that person and say, man, I want to walk like that. 
And so then they look at that person. Well, what do they do? How do they think? How do they walk with God? And you know what? I, I can do that. And then they get up and they do it. Yeah. Well, certain extent, because they're given by the Spirit of God. So some examples we've used have been in the Old Testament. And, of course, during that time, the Spirit didn't permanently indwell those people at that time. But like with Solomon having wisdom, I think God gave Solomon that Spirit that then gave him that supernatural wisdom. Similarly, it's going to happen in the Tribulation. So in the Tribulation, there will be certain people where the Spirit doesn't reside in them permanently like he does now, but they will have supernatural gifts like this because it's from the same spirit. So yeah, in that regard, yeah. So if you're not using them, are you sending them? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, how offended would you... Have you ever given someone a gift and they refused it? Or have you given someone a gift and they didn't like it? Yes. <laughs> so, <clears throat> how did that make you feel? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how offensive would that be to God when God not only gives you of himself to dwell in you, but then he has supernaturally enabled you to do something to edify everybody else, and then you decide, ah, church is not important. I'm not going to come. They don't need me here. Excuse me? Like, are you kidding? Then why did God save you? Why did God save you? Why did he put his spirit inside of you? And why did he give you this gift to benefit everybody else? So if you're not here, there's an element that's missing. So that's very important. And if you don't walk with God and you come in here, there's an element missing. Because you can't operate the gift that God has given you without walking with him. This is why this is so important. This is why we need each other. This is why we need people that have this gift of faith to inspire us when we're struggling and we just stink at making decisions. This is why you need to go and ask people for counsel when you're faced with a a problem or a situation or something and you just don't know what to do. This is why we need each other. This is why we need each other. Okay, this uh, one with this gift, letter D, will not always act according to common sense, and that would mean commonly accepted thinking, or worldly beliefs because they see or do things that others won't or don't see or do. And a great example would be Daniel chapter 3, and that would be with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were pressured into making a poor choice of bowing the knee and worshiping the golden image. But supernaturally, they're like, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer in this matter. We're going to worship God. That takes a serious amount of faith. And I bet you that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't all have this gift. Probably one of them did. But because the three were together, they all had it. And they were inspired to do something to glorify God. All right, examples, which we don't have time to go through right now. But Hebrews chapter 11 is full of stories that you can look up in the Old Testament of people that had great faith. Um, There's examples of great faith versus little or no faith with Jesus and the disciples. Um, Abraham in Romans chapter 4, he was called strong in faith. That even though he was old and he knew he couldn't have kids, God said, hey, dude, you're going to have a kid. And he said, all right, if you said I'm going to have a kid, I'm going to have a kid. He knew biologically it wasn't possible. But supernaturally, he knew it was possible. So he had great faith. He he was strong in faith. And then Stephen, not me, the one in Acts, um, it says that he was full of faith. He was full of faith. And he was not afraid to take a stand when really no one else around him was was able to take the stand that he could take. And he was killed for it. And he he was full of faith. 
So people who see God's way by faith and exercise themselves accordingly can find themselves misunderstood, mocked, hated, and many times alone. Um, just because sometimes they feel like everyone else is not willing to do what's right. And then people who have this gift or who have experienced God greatly by faith cannot altogether abandon common sense. So this is a weakness of those that have this gift. Um, they have to also make sure that they're balanced out by having common sense because you can't just abandon it altogether. Their works still must match their faith. So there is some common sense that needs to be involved, and that's where discernment comes into play. All right, so those are the three gifts. And um, it would be good for you to kind of maybe go back through, but start thinking about that after going through that with, with word of wisdom. It's that ability to apply the right biblical knowledge or facts at the right time to the right situation. And then you have word of knowledge, the supernatural ability to recall and present the right biblical knowledge or facts at the right time in the right situation. And then you have faith, the supernatural ability to believe what God says over how one naturally sees, thinks, or feels, or how the world sees, things and feels. So do you possess any of these gifts? Now, there's an element where you might have bits and pieces of it, and that's just because you have the Spirit of God inside of you. And He'll give you what you need when you need it. But someone that has these gifts, it is overwhelmingly obvious. And so... You guys are all over the place. Some of you aren't walking with God yet, and you need to be, so you can exercise this stuff. Some of you are, and, but you're struggling with a few things here and there, uh, so you've not used it consistently enough. You need to get to the point where you're walking with God daily so that you can exercise these gifts. All right? So those are the first three. Those are part of the revealing gifts. Very important pieces in the body, but again, all of them are, are important. So if you don't have any of these gifts, don't feel like, oh, poor me. No. We've got a whole lot more to go. But we need each other, and that's the whole point. It's called the body for a reason. All right, any questions about these three specific gifts? Did God make the force a gift? <laughs> no. No, he did not. Because there's good and evil. Right. And there's similarities there. Yeah. Because I've, I've done this, and I don't possess it yet. Okay. <laughs> but I think it could happen. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You know how Jack all right. Any other legitimate questions? questions? Well, that was a legit question. <laughs> but you know how Jack asked some questions. And you're like, where does that come? Get a mirror. Okay. All right. All right. Any others? We good? Okay. So next week we're gonna hit some more spiritual gifts. I don't know if we're gonna be able to hit the whole second category that I want to hit, um, but. We're going to try to do that, and then after that, we're going to be doing uh, that different thing for the month of February where we're going to be doing that discipleship class. Yeah. Who wants to do a testimony next week or a devotion? Bingo. Kenzie. Yes. Bingo. I've done my testimony. Who, who, who that hasn't done one wants to do it? Jake does. Timmy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Timmy. Austin. Right. Austin. Austin. All right, Timmy. Oh, okay. We'll okay. Make the rest of next three Okay. Wait, has Timmy done one yet? No. No, it's going to go Timmy. Oh, sorry, Kenzie, you're out. Oh, Timmy. It's Timmy. Timmy. Oh, yeah. Timmy, Austin, Garrett, Kenzie. That's next month. There you go. Testimony or devotion, whatever you want to do. All right. Okay, let's go ahead and pray, and then we can get out of here. If you haven't done your testimony, do that first. Father, thank you for uh, tonight and just opening up your word and looking at some of this information. I pray, God, that we would really consider these things and, and what we uh, what we have and, and how this is supposed to be used. And these things would be more clear. This is a topic that is wildly misunderstood uh, by many Christians, many different churches. And I pray, God, that you'd help all of us to think rightly about these things and, and really understand them clearly so we can help when it comes to your church here in Jackson and wherever that may lead us into the future. Um, but God, these are things that we need to be using now in order to build and edify your body. And so help us to really discern these things properly. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Any baptism.